Lecture topic, Loving Allah, Intensely. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihin nadheen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. والذين آمنوا أشد حبا لله وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق المحارم تكن أعبد الناس أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Every person who has been blessed with this wealth of Iman, his entire life is a constant declaration. The declaration of the Shahadat, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. His entire life is a constant declaration of this. Or one may say that it should be a constant declaration. There are those moments, those times when a person verbally recites this. One is if a person has been in some other way of life, some other religion, and now he wants to come into Iman, come, come into Islam. He wants to accept Iman. To be blessed with this wealth of Iman, he will also have to declare this shahadat. And then apart from that, from time to time, we have been emphasized upon to remember Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala in all the various forms of zikr. And among them a very, very great form of zikr is the zikr of La ilaha illallah. So there will be those times that we would be inshallah reciting La ilaha illallah and many times. But there are other times when a person is not verbally reciting the kalima. But as a mu'min, as one who believes in Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, as somebody who has declared the shahadat, somebody who has committed himself to follow in the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to follow his Mubarak way of life, then every moment of his life, whether he's saying something verbally or not, bazubane hal, his very condition is expressing this. If he's walking to the masjid, at that time, that walking of his is expressing La ilaha illallah. Even before that, when at the time of Fajr, it was time now to answer the call of the Mu'addin, but at that time the bed was very warm and cozy, and his, some clock or whatever was showing the temperature outside, minus degrees, but despite that, he leaves that warm bed and he now proceeds to get ready for salah. He is now busy preparing, getting, making his wudu. This effort of his, this forsaking the bed at that time, proceeding to make wudu, though at that time he may not have uttered anything verbally, every movement of his is saying, La ilaha illallah. Every movement of his is testifying, that Allah alone is worthy of worship. Therefore, this bed has to be forsaken now. Therefore, whatever else comes in the way has to be forsaken now. And now what has to be done is that I now proceed to fulfill the command of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. So let alone he's walking to the masjid, even before that he's waking up for fajr salah. And then there are those bandas of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala give them the himmat that let alone waking up for Fajr Salah, even before the time of Fajr has entered, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, in the middle of the night, Allah Ta'ala's servants wake up to remember Him, that waking up in the midst of the darkness of the night, that waking up and that leaving of that bed at that time, and standing in front of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, every movement is declaring La ilaha illallah, that only Allah is worthy of worship, and he should be worshipped, and he should be remembered, and it should be at a point of deep and intense muhabbat, such muhabbat 
that makes a person forsake anything that comes between him and Allah Ta'ala. A person is in his business and at that time some customer came along and that person is a very simpleton. He doesn't know what's what. He's already flashing all the money he has and he's ready to pay any price because he doesn't know how to realize what's what. What is the true value of something? All he knows is that he must buy something. So whatever price, at that time the person sees an opportunity. That whatever the price is marked here, this person is even illiterate. He has no idea what is the price of this. He has no idea what is the value of it. And he's a simple person, just wants to buy it. So now I can make double the price, triple the price, and he won't be the wiser. But then something in his heart tells him, no, no, this is not right. The dictates of Iman is that I must be this person's well-wisher as well. And therefore, in well-wishing for him, I will not overcharge him. At that time, he didn't verbally recite anything, he didn't do anything else. He was involved in a transaction, he was involved in selling that item of his, in charging the amount that was due, in parceling it up, and maybe explaining something about it. Verbally also he was talking something about some material aspect. He was involved in business all that time. But that entire effort that he had put into that and ensuring that he's not deceiving somebody, all this was speaking aloud, La ilaha illallah. What made him refrain from deceiving somebody? It was the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. I'm a believer in Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah is my Rabb. And I have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. How can I conduct myself in a way that I deceive the servants of Allah Ta'ala? Now all this was stemming out of Iman. Even at that moment if he was reciting nothing, but his actions were saying loud enough, La ilaha illallah. Now this is what is the requirement of a mu'min. That his entire life, every situation, Every occasion, every challenge, every happy moment, whether it is a moment of rejoicing or a moment of grief, everything about him must declare La ilaha illallah. When he's walking on the street, or wherever he might be, and suddenly his gaze is now being tempted. But then, his heart now registers the ayat of the Quran Sharif. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes. Allah is watching. Allah is aware. He knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. So now despite the temptation, despite how strong the temptation might be, but he lowers his gaze that lowering of his gaze very silently, but it is very loudly declaring La ilaha illallah. Allah alone is worthy of worship. So this mu'min, every aspect about his life, how he controls his tongue, is declaring the same iman. Why is he controlling it? Why at that time, despite that urge to make ghibat, but he's holding it back, he's reining it in. Why is reining it in? The iman within him is reining it in. That is declaring la ilaha illallah. How he treats people around him, whether it is his wife, whether it is his parents, whether it is his children, whether it is his neighbor, the mu'asharat, the social life that he loves, and those sifat that he upholds, that came to us from the legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and that mubarak way of life that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam led, laysa bifadzin, wala ghalizin, ولا سخاب ولا فحاش ولا عياب ولا مشاح all the various sifat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam which are mentioned in the riwayat the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was neither foul mouthed bifazzin wala ghalizin neither was he hard hearted and wala fahash nor was he vulgar in any way and wala ayyabin, not one to keep finding fault and picking out mistakes all the time and finding fault in small, small, trivial things. And neither was he miserly. And then there's so many things that are mentioned in the riwayat, the aspects about the compassion of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
his kindness, his forgiveness, his overlooking nature, his soft naturedness, how easily he would incline towards anything that provided it wasn't anything wrong, anything against shariat, and somebody made some request of some sort, very easily, very, very quickly he would now accept that, he would now conform to whatever is now being requested of him. All these things that came from the legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, from his Mubarak way of life, now the person is living that, all the various challenges sometimes. So why is he living it? Because this was the Mubarak way of my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And his Mubarak way, his Mubarak way is what Allah ta'ala loves. In kuntum tuhibbun Allah, fattabi'uni yuhbibkum Allah. That if you claim to love Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Islam is being told, you declare this, that if anybody claims to love Allah Ta'ala, there's only one way of declaring that, فَاتَّبِعُونِي Follow in the footsteps of Rasulullah Wasallam. And Allah loves this so much, that in return Allah will love you. So this is a mu'min. And every day, in every rakat of every salah, he then declares what is the Dictates of this iman, iya ka naabud, iya ka naabud, wa iya ka nastain, iya ka naabud. Allah, you alone do we worship. Allah, I don't worship anything but you. Don't worship any idol. Don't worship wealth. Don't worship my ego. Don't worship any craving for name and fame. Don't worship my base desires because these things become deities as well which Allah Ta'ala himself mentions in the Quran Sharif have you seen that person who made his desires his deity that now whatever the desire comes he must do whereas that is something solely for Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala what Allah has commanded we have to do everything else we'll have to check has Allah permitted this or not Somebody else has said something, we'll have to put it in that scale and first weigh it and measure it. Is this within the law of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala or not? If not, then sorry, this can't happen. But what Allah ta'ala has commanded, that has to be done. But now the person, just whatever the desire comes, the desire came to look at some haram, was headlong into that. The desire came to speak something foul, utter some vulgarity, then that will come out. The desire was to vent anger, then that anger will get vented. The desire was to now go to some haram place, so that will happen. The desire was anything, whatever it might be, to now cut some corners in terms of the mu'amalat and not do a straight deal. There's some shady gray area in the whole thing, doesn't matter, let it come. So now let it happen. So that's not the way that a mu'min conducts himself. He is all the time declaring, Iyaka na'bud. Every day, every rakat of every uh, every rakat of every salah, he is reciting iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. And if he's behind the imam, the imam is reciting on his behalf as well. So this declaration repeatedly in Surah Al-Fatiha. Now when a person has made this declaration, he has committed himself to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, and he has now made this declaration that he is the follower of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that now being in dunya is not just going to be that this declaration was made and well that's it Allah Ta'ala himself has mentioned in the Quran Sharif Alif Lam Mim Ahasiban Nasu Ayyutraku Ayyakulu Amanna Wahum La Yuftanun Do people think that they will be left to just merely say Amanna, to merely say La ilaha illallah, and they will not be tested. وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ فَلَا يَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَلَا يَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَاذِبِينَ Allah Ta'ala says we tested the people before as well. Allah will certainly make it apparent and obvious that who are the truthful ones and who are the liars. Allah knows well perfectly everything. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to put somebody through some situation to know how he will do. Allah Ta'ala already knows how he will do. But Allah Ta'ala will make it obvious in front of the entire makhluk as well. Who's who? And if it doesn't become apparent in dunya, 
because dunya allah taala satari and his veil but if a person left dunya in that manner on the day of qiyamah everything will get exposed so the tests and trials come in dunya and the tests and trials then separate who's really committed to allah taala and who's not really committed who's totally given themselves to allah taala who's given themselves to something else and this mubarak time that we are passing these days of hajj the days of qurbani that are coming up this is all a reminder of the same lesson and these amal that we are put through practically hajj made compulsory on a person once in a lifetime if he has the means but that hajj has so many amal that are the living reminders of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his family their qurbani their sacrifice the very amal of qurbani of sacrificing animals is entirely the reminder of the sacrifice of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam ismail alayhi salatu wasalam this was that walaqad fatanna alladheena min qablim this too was a test and they passed that test with flying colors wa idibtala ibrahim rabbuhu bi kalimatin fa atammahun latara says we tested ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam this test comes in various forms sometimes it comes in a smaller form the test comes in a smaller form the smaller form is generally what we regard as very big we make dua for afiyat from every kind of test we make dua to allah tabarak wa taala to save us and protect us from trials from tribulations of all kinds we ask for afiyat in our deen we ask for afiyat in our dunya allahumma inna nas'aluka al-'affa wal-'afiyah wal-mu'afata ad-da'ima allah give us perpetual afiyat fi ad-deen wad-dunya wal-akhirah in our deen in our dunya in the hereafter that's the dua to keep asking because after iman there is no greater nikmat and wealth and bounty than afiyat so we should keep asking for afiyat but in any case one is the kind of test that comes the test that comes in the form of for example some material loss some physical ailment other things of this nature which in reality is really the smaller test and allah forbid a test comes on a person's deen that's a very severe test now how does a test come on his deen suddenly there's a temptation towards guna towards sin and a person didn't manage to restrain himself that test that he failed is worse and more severe than the test of a massive material loss then the test of some physical harm because that physical harm he made sabr on it that too took him closer to allah taala that material loss he made sabr upon it that too took him closer to allah taala and allah forbid this a person slipped up in this became a means of getting distance from allah taala it engulfed the heart in darkness and then one sin opens a door to another so when a person slipped and fell into one test he didn't make it that opens a door to another sin and the other sin opens a door to a third sin and each door opens itself to a bigger door one small door person entered that then he finds there's a bigger door open and then he enters that bigger door there's an even bigger door open and then eventually allah forbid where this takes a person to so this becomes a very 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 severe test and this mubarak time that we are passing these amal amal of hajj of qurbani etc are teaching us this very great lesson that one has to prepare himself to pass these tests ibrahim salam was tested leave your wife and child in this barren place now his wife and a little baby in a barren place and there's nothing growing there no means of survival so now this was a very big test wa id tala allah tala says wa id tala ibrahim rabbu allah tala tested ibrahim alayhi salam what is his response allah's command allah's hukam no questions they must be left to allah's commanded and now when he leaves them there and he's turning 
to return. His wife is after all insan, so she wants to know that you're leaving us here, nothing here for us to survive on, how do we go about things? But when he gets, she gets no answer after two times, then she asks the question differently. That is this the command of Allah Ta'ala? Allahu amaraka bihada? Allah has commanded you? So his response is by indication, yes. It's Allah Ta'ala's command. Then, idhan la yudayyi'ana. In that case, Allah won't allow us to perish. Then whatever is Allah's command, we submit to it. No questions asked. And she is ready to remain in a barren place, no means of survival, no food and water, besides what little provisions they brought, which will get finished just now. Nothing, no people around. But if it's Allah's command, then we submit to it. Now this was a test. And they passed the test with flying colors. And when they passed all the tests, Ibrahim salam passed all the tests, inni ja'ilukal nasi imama, Allah says, now I will grant you this imamat over the people. You have become a leader of the entire ummah. But the lesson in this, this was a test. And now when the haji goes for hajj, and he's performing the sa'i, and then he's going to mina, and then the jamarat, that he's pelting, etc. is all bringing alive this lesson that Ibrahim salam left behind. This legacy. Islam is not a dead religion, Nauzubillah. It's not something that now I have to remember some great amal, something of great significance, to put one statue somewhere, and after some time you'll find the bird droppings all over that statue, and people are proud over that statue. No, no, Islam got nothing to do with statues. Something is very significant, and it's meant to be remembered. Allah Ta'ala made it part of our deen. You do it practically. You also sacrifice an animal every year. Ibrahim salam was ready to put the knife on the throat of his son. You don't have to do that, but you practically do the amal, sacrifice an animal, and remember the spirit of Ibrahim salam. What made him pass such a great test? That now when the command came, that this child must be slaughtered. Neither the father has got any reservations in fulfilling it, and neither has that young child got any reservations in submitting to it. Ya abatif alma tu'mar satajiduni insha'allahu minas sabirin. My father, what you've been commanded, go ahead and do it. And I will be cooperating in this, you'll find me very patient. Now the question is, all these were such major tests. This was the test that they went through and they passed and passed in such a brilliant manner that Allah Ta'ala kept this legacy and this lesson alive for us till Qiyamah will stay alive. But now this was a lesson for every single person coming to Qiyamah. Look, these were tests that they faced. Allah Ta'ala's command, do this, don't do this, and they were ready. Whatever Allah's command, they submitted to it. If qala lahu rabbuhu aslim, qala aslam tu li rabbil alameen. And your Rabb said to them, aslim, Submit. Allah Ta'ala said to Ibrahim salam, Submit. No questions asked. Aslam tuli rabbil alameen. I submitted myself. Submitted what? I submitted my heart and my soul, my eyes, my ears, my tongue, my hands, my feet, my desires. Whatever things come in my heart and mind. Heart and mind is like a highway. All kinds of things will pass by it. But I've submitted everything to Allah Ta'ala. Allah is pleased with something well and good. Allah is displeased with something, I'll discard it there and there. I've submitted everything to Allah wa ta'ala. Whether I desire something or not, but it's Allah's command, it has to be done. If I desire doing something and Allah's command is not to do it, I will refrain. And I don't feel like doing something, but Allah's, Allah will get happy to do it. That if I do it, then I must do it. Now what's going to bring a person on that level? That regardless of his own feelings, regardless of his emotions, regardless of his whatever is going through his heart and mind, but he submits what Allah Ta'ala loves. This is something that comes and stems out of what is called muhabbat and ishq. Ibrahim Islam, Ismail Salatu Salam, the entire family, what they how they responded stemmed from only this, the deep love and commitment to Allah wa ta'ala, complete submission, that submission stems out of love. 
And therefore Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ There is no other way that this can happen. That a person can totally submit to Allah Ta'ala, except that this be his condition. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ That the believers, they are more intense in their love for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala didn't say that they don't have love for anything else. Allah Ta'ala didn't say that. Because Allah Ta'ala has made it natural in their hearts that they have love for other things as well. They have love for their families. person has love for his parents, for his spouse, for his children. He has love for his material things as well. Allah has made that in his heart. Because without this muhabbat, there'll be chaos. If there's no muhabbat, there'll be chaos. If there was no muhabbat in a mother, she won't wake up in the middle of the night to tend to that little baby. It's that muhabbat that drives her, that attachment. If there's no muhabbat, the person won't attend to his business also. Because if it collapses and fails and there's a loss too, but there's no muhabbat, no attachment with it. So it's gone, it's gone, what's in there? Then he'll suffer the consequences, but at that time it won't bother him. Likewise, if the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is deficient, a person will just wish away certain things, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But when we cross that bridge of pull into the akhirat, then it's too late to do anything else. And then it's too late to see when we get there. We should have seen here. So now the person has to face the consequences Allah Ta'ala save us. So the lesson that we have been given is the driving force is muhabbat. And to the extent that the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala has been inculcated in the heart, to that extent a person will be able to lower that gaze, to that extent he will be able to hold that tongue, to that extent he will be able to move his feet in the path of Allah Ta'ala, to that extent he will be able to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise it becomes very, very difficult. So the entire lesson that we get from all these aspects is muhabbat, muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala. That in the, in, when the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala dictates something, then my ego, my desires, my wants, my likes, my preferences, everything aside. What's going to please Allah Ta'ala? We find so many ahadith, but the sahaba would come and, because if I latch on to what Allah loves, that will make me beloved to Allah Ta'ala. So they would come and ask this question. So many ahadith of this nature. Beats. So now the command of Allah Ta'ala is lower the gaze, don't look. And the temptation is look. So now this clash. But for the love of Allah Ta'ala, the person says, come what may, my heart breaks, it breaks for Allah Ta'ala. And if it breaks for Allah Ta'ala, that broken heart, which has broken for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, he wanted to just, because he got provoked, his anger got provoked, he was very, very upset, and his now blood is boiling, and he's raging, and he wants to say all kinds of things, very flowery language. But at that time, he reflects, Allah wa ta'ala loves those who are the muttaqeen, and the muttaqeena who, alladheena yunfiquna fi sarra, waddarra, walkaazimeena alghayz, walaafeena anin nas, wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. Allah ta'ala in one ayat gives some attributes of the muttaqeen. They spend in ease and in adversity. And, walkaazimeena alghayz, they suppress their anger. Not just suppress their anger and bottle it up, and wait for it to explode at another time. They then fizzle that thing out also by being forgiving. And they don't stop there. They clean out any remnant that left also. How? Allah Ta'ala loves those who on top of that do ihsan as well. They then still do favors in return because they practice on the Mubarak way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Join ties with the one who has cut off ties from you. Forgive the one who has oppressed you. And the one who has treated you badly, you treat him well. You give him good treatment. Now, this is the, what Nabi Islam has given. So now this person is faced with the situation. That drives him to make amal on this. That now this anger is not to be vented. This anger must be suppressed. Because if this anger is vented, I'll displease my Rabb. 
because all kinds of things will be said. Allah knows best what will be done. So I need to now cool this anger in the way that Rasulullah has taught, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, and the various things that have been taught to us, how to now suppress that anger. So now this is a manifestation of Walladina Amanu, Ashaddu Hubbal Lillah. That became a testing moment. And mashallah, this banda of Allah Ta'ala, this true mu'min, passed that testing moment. He was wherever in whichever situation, whether in some aspect of mu'amalat, in his dealings, in his mu'asharat, in his social life, in day-to-day things, in fulfilling his ibadat obviously, whatever it is, he is all the time manifesting this, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ But in any case now, sometimes we are insan, we get weak, we become little lax, that muhabbat level never remains constant, it's either improving or it is decreasing, depending what we are exposing ourselves to. Depending on how we are responding to the issues around us, how we are responding to the challenges, whether we are passing our tests or not. person passed that test, he passed that test, and he suppressed that anger, for example. He passed that test by suppressing that haram desire. He passed the test by keeping his gaze low. He passed the test by waking up and coming to the masjid in time. And like this, we can think of all the things. Each time he's passing the test, he is filling his heart with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And every time he gives in to something haram, gives in to what Allah has forbidden, then he's draining this out. So therefore, the issue is, we sometimes get weak, we become lax. What is going to be the ilaj? And what is the, what is to be nevertheless all the time to be adopted so that this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala grows? Because till this hasn't grown to the point of وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ Then a person will slip up in his salah also. Generally he might be there. But suddenly something came up, some dunya came up, which now at that time became a, a choice now. Either I'm going to get this dunya now or lose it. If I, apparently if I'm going to now go to the masjid now, I'm going to lose this. So okay, we'll make the salah later. Then we slipped up somewhere. That I now was supposed to have been lowered, but didn't get lowered. It slipped up. So now, till this muhabbat hasn't come to walladina amanu ashaddu hubbal lillah. It'll be very difficult in all these challenges. So now what's going to bring me to that point? There are many, many asbab, many means of developing and increasing and strengthening this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> and as we've understood from the side of the Qur'an Sharif, this is not something mustahab, something as we understand in our categories of the classification in fiqh, that something is on the level of farz, something wajib, then sunnat muakkada and ghair muakkada and then nafil and mustahab. So now it's on the level of mustahab in our minds, what that means is that it is right at the bottom of the ladder somewhere. No, this is farz. Because without this, a mu'min can't fulfill Allah's commands. It is an objective. It is first to bring it onto the point of وَالَّذِينَ amanu أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ Because if it is lesser, it is against the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif also, what this ayat dictates. So this has to come out of our minds, that this is just as we say preferable. If it's there, it's very good. And if it's not there, it's not such an issue. No, 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 it's a very big issue. It's a fundamental issue. So the first thing is the realization. And that constant reminder, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ Ibrahim lived this. Through all those challenges, leave your wife and child in this place, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ Allah's command, Allah's muhabbat is greater than the wife and child also. Leave them there. Slaughter this child, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ The love of Allah Ta'ala is uppermost. The child, yes, the beast Lawson's child passed away and his Mubarak eyes were tearing. When Sahabi saw this and he was surprised, he expected that being the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, there shouldn't be any expression of emotion. So he questioned this in a in a wanting to know, in an asking manner, he inquired that, 
How come this is the case? Why you are tearing? tearing? Nabi Islam said, this is the rahmat Allah Ta'ala has put in the heart of him. Umin. Meaning this rahmat that come, has come out of that attachment, out of that natural love. But, وَلَا نَقُولُ إِلَّا مَا يَرْضَى بِهِ رَبُّنَا But we say only that which our Rabb is pleased with. Because, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ That natural grief that comes out of that muhabbat, that's it in his place. But that too is within the parameters that Allah Ta'ala has placed. That is now the manifestation of وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ So now what's going to bring this muhabbat minimum to this level? There are many, many asbab, many means. Among those means, some of the things which the ulama ikram have written and these are things that we can very easily inculcate, very easily bring in our lives. It should be there, we need to do more of it. Among the very important asbab and muhabbat, one of the most fundamental things, the most fundamental thing is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Obedience of Allah Ta'ala will require a mujahada. In fulfilling what Allah has commanded, there will be a struggle within. The heart will sometimes not be inclined. But now to pressure that heart, undertake that mujahada and fulfill Allah's command. And at times there is that temptation towards haram and the heart is inclined towards it. The nafs is now leaping in that direction. But to put the pressure on that nafs and refrain it. This fills the heart with nur like nothing else. Because in this the heart breaks. And Allah loves this broken heart for him. And this heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala. Allah loves this broken heart. The hadith of Qudsi Allah Ta'ala says, I am with the broken hearted. Meaning those who break their hearts in my obedience. So the heart breaks sometimes. But when it breaks for Allah Ta'ala's obedience, Allah loves that broken heart. And Allah mends that broken heart with his muhabbat. Then together with this, the zikr of Allah wa Ta'ala. A mu'min should be all the time in Allah's remembrance. But together with that reality that we should all the time be in Allah's remembrance, we have been emphasized upon to constantly be engaged in the verbal remembrance of Allah Ta'ala as well. And different occasions we have been given different things to recite. The heart is the main thing. The heart has to become zakir. The heart has to become engrossed and immersed and submerged in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. But despite the fact that the heart is the actual aspect, we have been emphasized upon to keep our tongues in Allah's remembrance as well. In this Mubarak time, for example, these first 10 days of Zulhijjah, we have been emphasized upon that excessively recite, aktiru, excessively recite, recite, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wala ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Now so many days have gone, how many times have we recited, can we now bring it to some, some, in some little way also, something close to what can be hopefully described as excessive. Something close to what can be hopefully described as excessive. We still have some time, Allah Ta'ala still give us life, that we see these Mubarak days. So we should be reciting these tasbihat. And every time this is recited, it's enlivening the heart, it's bringing the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala in the heart, so the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. But there should be some dedicated time, dedicated time. People have dedicated times for so many things. Dedicated times for even what's their social media and what not. Dedicated time for reading news. Dedicated time for now making the hisab kitab, what came and what went. Dedicated time for remembering Allah Ta'ala. MashaAllah, while driving, while walking, while busy with one's work. All this time too, there's so much of that time that can simultaneously be engaged in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. There are some times now a person is now busy with something. But dedicated time, five minutes, ten minutes daily, morning, evening, a little bit more, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, tasbihat, these are the things that now should become part of a mu'min's life, because all this inculcates that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And among these tasbihat, zikr, etc., the various recitations, the top of it is tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. And the... Ulama write that there is nothing that livens the heart more 
tilawat of the Quran Sharif with meditating and pondering over the meaning of the ayat. Allah Ta'ala bless somebody with the ability to understand the ayat of the Quran Sharif, then that is such a tremendous bounty. And to now apply that by daily having some time. Now one is, mashallah, a person now is got his mamul of two paras, three paras, and he has to co- try to cover that to keep his Quran Sharif fresh as well. So now he has to decide at a certain pace to now be able to manage that amount. So at that time when deciding with the most swift pace, obviously without compromising the tajweed in any way, without compromising the beauty of the Quran Sharif, that it's recited in a way that now the Quran Sharif's beauty is being lost. That should never happen. Because kalam of Allah wa ta'ala. So maintaining the beauty of the Quran Sharif and the tajweed, but now he's reciting in a way that's a little bit faster. So now he cannot simultaneously maybe ponder over the ayat. But then there should be some time to recite some portion of the Quran Sharif. Two rukus, three rukus, in a manner that he is reciting with tadabbur, pondering over the ayat. And the extent that this enlivens the heart, fuqaha say, the ulama ikram say, nothing else has that impact on the heart. And this is why we find the lives of the sahaba ikram. Nabi Islam example himself, what lengthy rakats of tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and what manner of tilawat, whenever he is coming to an ayat of rahmat, waqafa, wa sa'ala, and whenever he is coming to an ayat of any warning, waqafa, wa ta'awwaza, he is stopping and he is asking Allah Ta'ala's protection, and he is reciting surah Baqarah in one, one rakat, and surah Ala Imran in another rakat, and surah Nisa in a third rakat, subhanallah, what lengthy salah to the extent that hatta tatafattara qadama his mubarak feet would start swelling but the tilawat such lengthy tilawat and you find this in the lives of the sahaba ikram Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala so many other sahaba sometimes they mamul sometimes they would recite the entire Quran Sharif in one rakat entire Quran Sharif in one rakat and we hear about and read about the Incidents of the Aima and the great personalities. Sometimes one ayat of the Quran Sharif whole night came out. They just couldn't get past it because it had such an impact on their hearts. That the day when Allah will make that declaration, Oh you criminals, oh you sinful people, all you stand aside, you're going to be dealt with today. And that just grabbed the heart and the whole night came out in reciting it. And the ayat of the Quran Sharif, where the Jannatis will say that Manna Allahu Alina wa Waqana Adab Samum that Allah Ta'ala has favored us. Allah saved us from Jahannam. Imam Babu Hanifa came this to this ayat, he couldn't continue. All night came out. Who has done one atoms of good, he'll see the benefit of it. He's done an atom of evil, he'll see the harm of it also. Illa if he has made tawbah that gripped his heart, whole night came out. Subhanallah. Tadabbur in the ayat of the Quran Sharif. Afala yatadabbaroon al-Quran. Am ala qulubin akfaluha. So any case, tilawat of the Quran Sharif with tadabbur. Then, ittiba of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We discussed the ayat of the Quran Sharif. Qul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, fattabi'uni. That ittiba of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is so greatly loved by Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, that Allah ta'ala shows his muhabbat. So every aspect of life we should be finding out. There are so many things that we might maybe think in our own feeble way and due to our weakness that this is a little bit difficult for me. Whereas there are numerous things that nobody can even regard as difficult in any way. So simple. But it's just a matter of now that little care, concern to do it with istihzar, with that presence of mind in the sunnah manner. And every amal will now fill the heart with noor. Will fill the heart with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And make this person mahboob in Allah. Then, to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala. Sacrificing time, health, wealth, for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala loves this. And when Allah Ta'ala loves some amal, Allah Ta'ala then returns that with his muhabbat. And that itself, when a person is sacrificing for Allah Ta'ala, and when he keeps sacrificing for Allah, Allah's 
Muhabbat will come in his heart. And then the Amanu, Ashaddu Hubba Lillah, he'll see it at the time of when things are clashing, that this now will dominate, the Muhabbat of Allah will dominate. When there is any demand of deen, then the Muhabbat of Allah will dominate. And the taqazas of the personal side will go in the back seat. Because this is now that Muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala driving him. Then serving deen will become also very pleasurable. Obeying Allah wa Ta'ala will also become a pleasure. Staying away from haram will become a pleasure. And likewise all the other things, so much more to it, time has already run out. The point is that we have to develop this Muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And to the extent that this muhabbat of Allah is developed and brought to the point of walladina amanu ashaddu hubban lillah, that is the minimum level. And then there are those servants of Allah Taala Subhanallah where they have reached. We can only dream about it at the moment Allah Taala take us also someday. So this is an objective. It is a goal. It's a target. It's something to work for. Something to make an effort on. Something to focus towards. Not something just by the way, something on the side. No, it's a primary objective. And it's a primary purpose that to develop this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, that the eye becomes permeated with that muhabbat. Among the things that increase this muhabbat are the nawafil. As mentioned in the hadith Qudsi, وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّ أَفْتَرَدْتُهُ عَلَيْهِ The most the thing that takes a person closest to Allah Ta'ala are the faraiz. But after the faraiz, وَمَا زَالَ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلْ حَتَّى أَحْبَبْتُهُ Allah Ta'ala says, Hadith Qudsi, My servant then continues to get closer to me by means of the nawafil. To such a point that I then love him. And then how I love him, I become the eye with which he sees. Allah Ta'ala is saying, Hadith Qudsi, I become the eye with which he sees. I become the ear with which he hears. I become the tongue with which he speaks. I become the hand with which he holds. And I become the feet with which he walks. Subhanallah. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I become his eyes. Allah is free, of, free from any resemblance to his makhluk. Allah Ta'ala is beyond any comparison. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ There is no likeness unto Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala becoming somebody's eye is meant to say, He only sees that which Allah is pleased with. When the muhabbat of Allah has permeated his eyes, he only sees that which Allah loves. Not that what his nafs loves. Not what shaitan is making him try to look at. He sees what Allah loves. He listens to what Allah is pleased with. He speaks that which will please Allah ta'ala. And likewise every action in life. So this is what we have to try and work towards, make an effort towards be in the righteous company, go out in the path of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, strengthen our iman, sacrifice for Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, all this will develop this muhabbat of Allah ta'ala, and in this way inshallah, we'll be able to live this life in a way, that Allah ta'ala becomes pleased with us, the moments are ticking, nobody has any guarantee, let alone for tomorrow, even for tonight, we have no idea when our time comes, before that time, we have to make sincere tawbah, and commit ourselves to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, that command which Allah Ta'ala gave Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ That command is directed to us as well. Ibrahim alayhi salam immediately said, أَسْلَمْ تُ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ We have to make that same submission and declaration. We too have submitted to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala grant us a total and complete submission. Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with His muhabbat and make us among His obedient and loyal servants. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللَّهُمَ اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واهله وصحبه اجمعين الحمد لله